Welcome to Think Queerly. I'm your host, Darren Steele. I'm a personal leadership coach living in Toronto, Canada, and I help people discover how to fully embrace their uniqueness and creative potential so that they can freely create the life they want. I write and podcast regularly about queer leadership and how we can create a more loving and accepting world for all people. You can find out more about me at my website, darrensteel.com, where you can also get my book, Think Queerly, Meditations and Critical Reflections on Liberating Humanity. Today, I want to talk about humanity's tipping point. I believe that without a return to compassion as a dominant emotion, as a dominant way of feeling for all of humanity, as a collective, we're finished. As a species on the planet, we are doomed. And we are doing this to ourselves. Welcome to an uplifting podcast episode of Think Queerly, right? Well, I am going to be getting to what I think is the uplifting, the thought exercises and the strategies that we can all employ to promote this social evolution we're seeing. I'm an advocate for human liberation, more planetary respect, and the dissolution of power inequality. I want to read a quote from Audre Lorde, and I'm going to come back to this towards the end of the episode. And I've embedded what she has said into a full thought. The inability to recognize the notion of difference as a dynamic human force, one which is enriching rather than threatening to the defined self, that is the root of human prejudice. Now, today is Thursday, June the 4th, 2020. And we've seen in the last couple of weeks the anger, the upset, the tipping point for the black community in the United States over the, let's call it what it is, the murder of George Floyd, yet another black man at the hands of police. We're seeing questioning questions about policing and, and how much police are funded. We're seeing Donald Trump wanting to call in the military and blaming governors for not being strong enough and appearing weak. In Canada, in Toronto, we have the same kind of prejudice and racism. And some are saying, oh, it's not as bad in Canada, which is just a kind of racist white privilege in and of itself. We saw a black woman fall to her death in the Toronto area. And the big question there is, how did police handle this situation? We don't know exactly what happened, but that has led to protests about police, the handling of black people at the hands of police. And it brings up the question, how the police handled, even in the queer community, in the Church Wellesley village of Toronto, the Bruce MacArthur killings. For a long time, they said, There wasn't anything happening. There was no need to do any research or to do any investigation. This is the problem with too much power in the hands of a few. And it brings me back to something I saw quite some time ago in 2017, Martha Beck. And Martha Beck is a uh, 
a very well-known coach, uh, very spiritual. Um, she recorded a video that demonstrates the power of those at the so-called bottom of the pyramid. I just think of a pyramid, a pyramid structure, whether it be network marketing or whether it be a pyramid in the structure in the sense of power. Those with all the power at that are that top block. And then everybody else below that are the servants or the people doing low wage work, are the frontline workers, are the people that are not getting paid enough, the people that are getting run over and used up. She uses this example of sugar cubes piled up into a pyramid, and then if you slowly add water in the bottom of the pan where the sugar cube pyramid is sitting, that water will slowly start to dissolve the first layer of the foundation, and then that water will be sucked up into the next layer of the pyramid of sugar cubes, and that will slowly, slowly, slowly dissolve from the bottom up. And this is what she believes is part of a a witnessing and an awakening of many people recognizing that we have been so disenfranchised and so disconnected from the oneness that is humanity. And I've got that video link in my show notes. I highly recommend you go look at it, maybe even pause and go watch that video now or come back and watch it later because it really helps explain and sort of grid the foundation for what I'm going to keep talking about here. So in many ways, COVID-19 has been the straw that has broken the camel's back, that's really pushed everything over to be that tipping point to see beyond the health, the pandemic of, of COVID-19 as just a health crisis alone. And, and sometimes we need to experience the bleakest and darkest of times in order to evoke the greatest personal transformation. And in our individual lives, this is often called a dark night of the soul where someone struggles. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be one evening, but you go into the depths of darkness and despair thinking that everything, everything is a wash, everything was worth nothing. And hopefully you come out of that, but when you come out of that, you you just witness how bad it had to get for you, for you to realize it's entirely in your own hands to change your life, to improve your well-being, to make the habits finally last and behaviors and practices that will create transformation in your own life. That is what the world is experiencing right now. The world is in a collective dark night of the soul. And a lot of people in the world are only just recognizing and waking up to this idea of a dark night of the soul. They've not quite connected with their humanity, which I prefer over soul. And they're going into despair. And the longer you despair, the less likely you are to get up and move into action. That's one of the biggest challenges of clinical depression is immobility. And movement, physical movement, can change one's emotional state. Emotions require movement to be felt, to be expressed. Action requires movement in some way, shape, or form to get momentum. Momentum requires movement. And I recognize and honor the fact that for many people, coping with the stress of everything that's happening in the world right now can be too much. 
and know that about yourself and, and do what you can to cope and ask for the help that you need from who and wherever that you can get that help to cope and to manage. But if you can take action, try to combine your intention, which is an emotion, what you most want, what you most want to experience, what you most want to see happen in the future. Combine your intention to be part of the solution with those kind of powerful, proactive emotions. Hear what I just said, proactive emotions, those proactive emotions that get you moving. We need to go beyond sharing a meme or a hashtag. Get on the ground, involved by partaking, participating, protesting, voting, signing a petition, donating money or your time to an appropriate organization, which is how you become part of the solution and part of this new and hopefully radical social evolution in its early beginnings. I say radical because this is unlike anything we've seen this century. And yes, you can get angry. That's okay. And you should not deny that emotion. And yes, you're allowed to be sad. You're going to have your days where you feel really down. So seek empathy from others and understanding. Have compassion and understanding for yourself. But as best you can, try to limit your experience and time spent in those feelings. Get into movement, jump rope, go for a walk, exercise, watch something funny so that you can move out of that despair. Acknowledge, recognize that you're feeling that way, but make the choice to become proactive. Choose emotions like compassion and empathy to help drive you forward to be part of the change. Noticing is really important. Witnessing, just noticing that you can choose the kind of emotions you want to have. It's not always easy, but you can make that choice. And the more you're conscious of making that choice in your prefrontal cortex and the thinking part of your brain, it's like, I want to feel this way. I want to feel better. I'm going to listen to a playlist of music that's uplifting and makes me just want to get up and do something. You can change the way you are feeling if you're feeling despair or anger or sadness so that you can take the right kinds of actions that are going to create the change you want to see in the world. Now, be mindful that taking action is doing something specific that potentiates real measurable change for the better. For example, I didn't post anything related to the trending hashtag earlier this week on Tuesday, June the 2nd for Blackout Tuesday. For the very same reason that little, 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 I want to say little, little Nas X tweeted. And he wrote, I just really think this is the time to push as hard as ever. I don't think the movement has ever been this powerful. We don't need to slow it down by posting nothing. We need to spread info and be as loud as as ever. I've got the link for that tweet in the show notes. This is really important because there's an aspect of privilege to just be, hey, I'm going to post this meme. It's quite another thing to put yourself on the line and speak about how you've been wrong in the past. To simply do something, volunteer, donate money, 
and not have to tell anyone about it, but to be part of the change. You don't have to brag about it. You don't have to show your ego. Not saying you don't have to, but this is how you can make this change possible. And for all of my queer LGBTQ brothers and sisters out there, uh, just a little pet peeve. Martha P. Johnson did not throw the first brick at Stonewall. Okay, that is a story that somehow evolved and became the singular moment in a narrative around Stonewall for gay liberation in 1969 in New York City. The truth is to be heard in Martha P. Johnson's own words in an interview that you can find quite easily on the podcast and website Making Gay History, where Eric Marcus speaks, has a recording of interviewing Martha P. Johnson, who says she had called a friend or got a phone call at home and showed up to the riots many hours after it already started, and she doesn't know how the rumor started that she threw the first brick, but because she has become a face of that story, that narrative, it stuck. So in other words, when you get involved as well, know the facts. And I'm going to come back to talk on that point, maybe harp on that point a little bit more. Because now more than ever, we need to be conscientious of our conscious awareness. You're like, okay, here goes Darren again, talking about consciousness and Taoism, but this is relevant. In other words, words matter. You cannot speak for someone else's experience. I cannot speak for someone else's experience. We cannot lump everyone into a melting pot, which I think is the biggest philosophical failure of the United States. But I digress, and I've talked about this before. We need to be cognizant and actively conscious of our word choices because words have meaning, sometimes stigma, and a history that some words carry, and our perceptions of how we think things are that could actually be out of alignment with this social evolution we're witnessing in this very moment. Now, I've put another link in the show notes for something I saw on Instagram, and I think it's a perfect example. Many of us are trapped within the framing of how those few people in power want our society to function. Now, Brene Brown shared a a short and very succinct post in which she stated, the system is not broken. Instead, the system is working exactly how it was designed. It was designed to serve those in power. So when someone says, it's terrible, the police killed George Floyd in Minneapolis, but protesters shouldn't be burning buildings and destroying property. They are missing the most important point. The value of an individual human life over property. We have been conditioned as part of an extremely capitalist society to prioritize possessions over life and to accept ourselves as human commodity, literally cattle feed, to be used and to be used up as part of big business. Of course, I'm going to say something from the Tao Te Ching. 
Verse 53 offers a very elegant perspective that speaks remarkably well to the COVID-19 pandemic and the protests in response to the police killing of George Floyd. I'm just going to read pretty much the last half of verse 53. It's a translation from Stephen Mitchell, but across several translations, the meaning is very consistent. When rich speculators prosper, while farmers lose their land, when government officials spend money on weapons instead of cures, when the upper class is extravagant and irresponsible, while the poor have nowhere to turn, all this is robbery and chaos. All this is robbery and chaos. It is not in keeping with the Tao. I've been speaking a lot about Taoism, but just to quickly explain what the Tao is for those that might not be aware. The Tao, simply put, is the natural order, the things that we observe in the natural order, and how we can perhaps manage ourselves, lead ourselves based on the observations of how things work in the natural world. Now, there comes a time to do whatever it takes and without shame to put a full stop to bigotry, oppression, racial discrimination, gender and sexual prejudice, and to dissolve corrupt leadership in the form of government and big business to create a more civilized society one that will no longer tolerate laws and dogma that seeks to control the masses for the personal gain of an exceptionally small number of mostly white men. Now, this selfish desire for personal gain includes one of my biggest pet peeves, the robbery and chaos of the Tao that's mentioned in the second last line, applies just as well to celebrity adoration, the so-called Instagram influencers and social media thirst traps. Now, under capitalism, humans exploit other humans. Whether that be boasting about what someone has, lots of money, cars, boyfriends, girlfriends, homes, six-pack abs, or using other human beings as slave labor in, in the myriad of ways that we see this playing out across society and different countries across the world. But your silence will not protect you. Your silence will not protect you. Putting up a black square on Instagram or Facebook is silence. It's not you taking proactive action that can create change. Oh, I know this podcast is very much me telling you, telling the listener but sometimes it needs to be said so clearly. And it's so relevant to go back to the opening quote from Audre Lorde and to read it in its completeness. So here it is. Racism. The belief in the inherent superiority of one race over all others and thereby the right to dominance. Sexism. The belief in the inherent superiority of one sex and thereby the right to dominance. 
heterosexism, the belief in the inherent superiority of one pattern of loving and therefore its right to dominance. Homophobia, the fear of feelings of love from members of one's own sex and therefore the hatred of those feelings in others. The above forms of human blindness stem from the same root, an inability to recognize the notion of difference as a dynamic human force, one which is enriching rather than threatening to the, fi- to the defined self when there are shared goals. Uh, you can find that in the essay, Scratching the Surface, Some Notes on Barriers to Women and Loving, by Audre Lorde in the collection of her essays and poems, Your Silence Will Not Protect You. I feel, as do many people, that if we are to save ourselves as a species for literally our existence on this planet, but as rational, compassionate, empathetic, caring human beings for one another instead of killing ourselves... If we want to live fully, healthy, meaningful, and joyful lives, we need to recognize the value of every single human being on this planet. And I know that can be a really hard job. But we can no longer tolerate a system of extreme capitalism that allows one person to become a trillionaire. I'm not debunking capitalism 100%. I'm talking about the kind of capitalism we're seeing right now that allows someone to have that much power because of that much money. We can no longer tolerate political systems that permit sociopathic dictators to destroy a society and harm the planet. Do I need to name them, really? We can no longer tolerate the fundamentalist ideologies of extreme religions that enforce violent prejudice, sometimes resulting in murder, hatred, oppression, and patriarchal dominance. We can no longer tolerate abusing and consuming our planet of all its resources. The very thing, the very source that gives us life as human beings with such continued blissful arrogance and contempt. So when we, to paraphrase Audre Lorde again, when we understand and embrace difference as uniqueness, let me say a little bit more about that. I talk a lot about being queer, with and without attachment to one's sexuality, but queer is different from the status quo. Queer is the yin, the diffuse, the so-called feminine, whereas the status quo is the yang, the static, the so-called masculine. We need to recognize the inherent gift and insight and balance that uniqueness brings, not as difference, in a bad way. So when we understand and embrace difference as uniqueness, we will potentiate an evolution of human spirit and creativity that is based in compassion. This evolution will be one that fosters a humanity of oneness 
and dissolves our current state of separation from each other, which is based in the ego. And will bring us closer to the natural order of things, the Tao. You know, when we live in cities, sometimes we forget. We see organized parks and trees, but a city really brings out how many egos there are close together. And maybe too much urbanization is part of the problem. And everything is organized and structured and delivered and set up in such a way that creates more ego. I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying to pull together so many threads that I'm seeing at this moment. And I'm not perfect. I have been wrong. I have been arrogant. I have been ignorant. I have been misguided. I have not seen certain perspectives. And that, it was not my intention with this post to preach. It sounded a little breachy, but I wasn't trying to make myself sound better than anyone else. I've had to eat my share of humble pie, as it's so-called, over the years, and without getting into all the ugly, because this is the end of this episode, I have shared in the past on episodes and in articles as my perspective shifted dramatically and I had a transformation of personal thought. And I've included a couple of those episodes. If you just want to check up on my own way of thinking... And even going way back to number one in this podcast, which is frightening to me because that's so long ago, I would just invite you to think about what you've been doing and if you've really been taking action that leads towards some kind of evolutionary change, if that is your intention. And if that is your intention... Well, right now, social media is sharing all the things you can read to help understand if you don't understand something, all the things you can do if you feel like you don't know how to start. It takes a village, as they say, but a village is comprised of a lot of individuals, a lot of unique individuals that when they embrace their differences, uniqueness can come together and be the change that we really need to see and create to improve the world.